roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Only Stu Podcast is back after almost a month hiatus where obviously my busiest month of the year with the conference tournaments and March Madness. It was really tough to break away, but we're back. We are back. We are back. Me and my son Alex are going to kill it today. Got a lot to say about health, love, the world, college basketball, NBA basketball, Major League Baseball, NFL, and a partridge in a pear tree. How you doing, Alex? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be back. Glad to be back, and it's spring. Spring is eternal. Obviously, my favorite month of the year as far as weather is spring. And March 20th kicked it off, and we opened up the pool. Yes, pool is open. And I make a big pomp and circumstance at opening my pool. Because, first of all, if you say to me, Stu, you have an incredible 2.8 acre estate. What's the favorite thing at your house? Is it the chicken coop? Is it the barn? Is it the tool shed? Is it your palatial estate? Is it your bedroom? Is it your black bathroom? Is it your den with five TVs? Is it your overall house with 15 TVs? No, 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 no. It is my fucking pool, which consists of a breathtaking 20 by 60 pool area that you swim. It has men's bathroom, men's shower, women's bathroom, women's shower. And I love swimming. I love being in the pool. If I'm in the pool, everything's happy. It is one of my best de-stresses. When I'm stressed out to the balls, whatever it is, games, gambling, health, life, family, I get in that pool and everything is good. And um, now for the last four years, going on, uh, really almost four and a half years where we have Aria. Aria just sits around the pool, hangs out with me, chases bunnies. And now a new thing every day, if you go over to uh, the Twitter feed, you'll see it. Two ducks every day are sitting at the side of the pool. They're either swimming in the pool or sitting on the side of the pool. It's fucking wild. It's like they hang out the side of the pool. And the minute I open the gate in the morning, Aria runs at the speed of light and chases them away. So it's extremely funny. So I'm assuming every single fucking day this is going to happen until I can take a BB gun and want to shoot them. But I don't. I love them. I love nature. I love everything. I don't. I love the hawks that fly at the property. I love the bunnies. I love the squirrels. I love it all. And now the ducks are part of the pomp and circumstance and the finer family. Now, I just want to go through something. Do you feel like Tony Soprano with the ducks? Absolutely. No two ways about it. But with the ducks, I think with Tony specified or signified something bad was going to happen, death. But with me, it's happiness. I see the ducks and I know Aria is going to pit a patter over to them at the speed of light. Can't catch them because they jump into the pool where Aria will not jump into the pool. And then they, when Aria zips around, they just fly away. Um, but yes, and a lot of people obviously drop the Tony Soprano pictures and pictures of him being with the ducks at his pool. And it really was a very, very significant part of uh, probably the third best series ever, The Sopranos. And uh, yes, so the answer absolutely, uh, Alex, is yes. But the main thing with the pool is that I always want to be thin, Ali, when the pool is opened. And of course, this year again, epic fail. Just tremendous epic fail. Do I attribute it to any significant thing? My pot smoking never helps me. 
always hurts me because I just, you know, you know, with me smoking pot, I always feel like that's the fountain of youth. I smoke a joint and for some reason, then I smoke a second joint, a third joint, a fourth joint, eat some edibles, totally blast it out of my mind. But for me, it brings me back to my youth. It brings me back to when I was young. It brings me back to seventh grade, summer seventh grade, first time smoking pot, then eighth grade, then ninth grade, then 10th grade, and then all of fucking high school blasting out of my mind because it brings me back to fun memories, fun feelings, and I feel young. The most important thing that marijuana does for me is A, de-stresses me immediately. Like, like nothing does immediately and makes me feel young. So for me, it's the fountain of youth and distresses me. But obviously it comes with significant problems, okay? Because again, at 62 years old, I'm 193 pounds. My real weight should be 160 flat. Okay, so let's say I don't want to look perfect. I haven't been on the prowl for pussy and, you know, well over four and a half decades, be honest with you. So if I'm not going to be perfect at 160, I could be between 160 and 170. I haven't been there in decades and decades and decades. And obviously it weighs a toll on my health. My diabetes, again, is an all-time high. Um, and I, I get my sugar numbers. Uh, I get my blood work on this upcoming Monday, and then I'll get the uh, results five days after that on Friday. And they're going to be dog shit because when I go to my urologist uh, every three months, he also takes it. And it was like, you know, almost 400. That was with non-fasting sugar. So I should be on my deathbed, but for some reason I'm not. Uh, I should have no toes, no legs. My dick shouldn't work. Uh, my eyes should have gone. But for some reason, God has given me the ability to run insanely high sugar numbers. And as of right this second, not pay the price. Now, Am I going to die five or 10 or 15 years earlier than I should? Fuck yes. No two ways about it. There's nothing I can do about it because my sugars have been insanely high for almost 15 years, not 15 weeks or 15 months, 15 fucking years. So um, self-sabotage, uh, self-destruction to my body. Uh, it's only me. It's only because of me. And uh, when I drop all the sugar and I drop all the carbs and I do heavy aerobic exercise, not intense, but when I walk five miles or I walk 10 miles and I do my light Steve Mahalik weights uh, and I can pull it off for let's say 60 or 90 days, my sugars are perfect. So it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how my body responds to doing the right thing. But I've never been able to pull it off for more than let's say 60 or 90 days. Now, even when I ran the marathon in 2017, it went from 220 to 174, perfect, perfect food. The minute I hit 174, which was about four weeks before the marathon, I smoked that one joint, ballooned up to 195, eating every fucking day like an animal. And then I pulled it in. It was like a two-week insane binge, smoking every day, going to Puccinella, going to Blackstones, eating ice cream, going to Carvel, going to Baskin Robbins, going to Dunkin' Donuts, like a pure gutter drunk degenerate. I got it together like two weeks before the race, ran the race at 184 and killed it. Fucking killed, destroyed it. At, you know, 57 years old, three months, three weeks training, I fucking murdered it. I fucking killed it. Four hours, 39 minutes, 24 seconds. You know the story infinitum. You know, I dick drop it all the time. That Tiki Barber beat me by a minute and 15 in the fucking marathon. And when I crossed that finish line, you could not tell I ran the fucking marathon. My heart was perfect. 
my breath was perfect, my lungs were perfect, and be that as it may, if you put a gun to my head, I could have ran another 10 miles. So I'm a freak of nature, but I'm sure I'm paying a price. So again, on Monday, I'm going to go to the doctor, get blood work. Then on Friday, I'm going to get the fucking cold, hard reality that I'm murdering myself, that I'm killing myself, that I'm costing myself. So if I'm supposed to live to, let's say, 131, which I figured that's my lucky number, 131 is my birthday, 31 is my lucky number, um, that's not going to fucking happen, Alex. I'm going to be dead probably in my 80s, you know, probably in my 80s. My father right now is 86 years old. I'm not probably going to see 86. Uh, I want to. I'm hoping to. Every day I wake up, I do my prayers. I say to God, please, God, give me the strength to be abstinent from my compulsive overeating, my gambling, my drug addiction, my sexual behavior, my abusive language, my compulsive spending, my selfishness. Please lift my difficulties and my character defects so I can work the program of recovery one day at a time. Very grateful to you, God, and grateful for the program of recovery you give me and grateful for the absence you've given me. I humble myself and thank you. So every day I start like that and every night I end like that. So it isn't like I ever mail it in, but it's really fucking hard for me. It really, really is. So again, this is the spring where I'm morbidly obese and uh, I got tits, big fucking tits, as you see when I do my diving, and I got a giant fat belly, still no ass, still no legs. From the neck up, I really still look good in the mirror. I don't like how I look when I do my videos. I just don't. But when I look in the mirror, it's always with rose-colored glasses. Always, Alex. I look ten times. I look ten times better to me than I actually look in real life. And um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. What do you think? I think that's a good thing. <clears throat> okay, good. Why good. would you want to look worse? True, true. But I look thin. Like I look thin a lot of times. I wake up in the morning, brush my teeth, goggle. I look in the mirror. I go, I fucking at. I look fucking great. And I go downstairs and I eat like uh, ten pieces of bread. I have twenty-five egg omelets. I'm six pieces of American cheese. I bang it the fuck out. Six pieces of ham, you know, six ounces of ham. So an omelet that should be for a family of five, I'm banging out at 530 in the morning. And then I eat a second breakfast, which is like, you know, bacon and oatmeal. And then at 12 o'clock, I'm eating, uh, you know, steak fries. So um, that's a, that's a problem, dude. No, it's a fucking problem. I'm five, four and three quarters. If I was two inches short, I'd be perfectly round. So I'm sharing with you gut level, but getting back to the pool. See, when I'm in the pool, I feel thin. I feel light as a feather. I feel like Topo Gigio. I feel like a ballerina. I feel like a dancer. And <clears throat> really, um, my man crush, like, Stu, who do you want to look like? Who do you think you look like? And I'm sure you know who I look like. And that's Patrick Swayze. May he rest his peace and soul. He's dead. Um, but a lot of people, when I was young, when I was on fucking my game, people said, you look like Patrick Swayze. And that was really only for about three months because I was perfect weight. Me and my wife went to, at the time, girlfriend, went to Hawaii. And I look fucking amazing. Like if you liked a five foot four and three quarter midget, I was fucking the shit. And Patrick Swayze wasn't tall either. So um, when I get in that pool, I feel like Patrick Swayze. I feel like a superstar. I feel like, you know, an A++ human. And uh, it's a little deceiving because I'm not. Because I am fucking fat as fuck. Like, I weighed my top was 262. 
which is inhuman for five four and three quarters. It's inhuman, you know, at like a 54 waist. And my waist right now is, let's say, a 36. And my waist should be 29. My, you know, I, I, I have 29 waist, uh, 28 length. That's pretty much what I should be. You know, like you go to the boys husky department or the boys department for that type of shit. But when I get in that pool, that's how I feel. You're so, 54. Wait, now when you say waist, are you measuring your belly? Yeah. Well, I wore my, I wore my pants. Well, my belly dropped almost to my knees. So I had to wear my pants like right at my belly button. That was a 54 waist. Yes. So you weigh you, when you're measuring it's belly button, belly back. button, not yet, right. belly button. Yeah. 54. Which is fucking crazy. Is that the standard waist measurement? Uh, well, for a person that's fat and has a belly, yeah. I mean, if I didn't have a belly, I'd I'd wear my I'd wear my pants at my waist. Yes, yes. But I couldn't wear my pants at my waist because I have no ass. So it'd be like so fit. even at your most obese. I'm saying if you yes. just wet, measured ass to front, you're never that big. No, because you have no ass. No ass. Zero ass. Zero legs. It's wild. It is wild. I'm all cock and belly. That's it. Cock and belly. And that's it. So um, so the pool for me is very significant because I could live in denial in that pool. Like, you know, you give me a couple of blunts. You let me hang out in my pool with my dog and my friends and my family. And that's heaven on earth for me. You know, a lot of people say, Stu, why don't you, you know, why don't you travel the world? Why don't you go to Italy? Did it. France did it. Germany did it. Listen, I've done it all. It ain't no fucking big deal. Why don't you go to the Ritz-Carlton? Fucking Puerto Rico. You know, everywhere. The Caribbean. You know, who gives a fuck? For me, reality, okay? When I leave my kitchen to go to my backyard, I'm in heaven. I'm walking to the pool. I'm in heaven. I swim in my fucking 88, 88, 88 degree pool. I'm in heaven. So that's it. I have very simple goals. I'm not looking, my wife wants to go to Greece, we're going to go. My wife wants to go to Japan, we're going to go. My wife wants to go to Australia, we're going to go. My wife wants to go to Ireland, we're going to go. But do I want to go? Fuck no. Literally, no. I don't want to go in an airport. I don't want to get on a plane. I don't want to go to a fucking hotel. I don't want to sleep in somebody's bed that could be jizzing all over the place before I got there and they just changed the sheets. I, it's not my game. I don't need to do that. I did that when I was in my 20s and it got old very, very quickly. In my 20s, because I had insane success at 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 is already a fucking millionaire. I already had $2 million in the bank, 26, 27, 28, got married, millions, millions, millions. And the, it meant nothing. I burnt it out. It's not a big deal. It's so overblown. And I don't know about you because again, I'm 62, but even when I was in my 20s, uh, I did not like sitting on a beach with the sun fucking blazing on me. It did nothing for me. I need to be in action. You know, I now in my teens, <clears throat> excuse me, we used to go to the beach and we used to put oil on our fucking bodies and just sit there and just, you know, have the cancer grow in your body and grow in your body and grow in your body. Some that was before skin and cancer existed. Uh, well, that's before people knew yeah. that that was fucking detrimental, that while you're frying yourself like a fucking egg, that that was as bad as it could be. That was as stupid as you could be. So I never really liked it. I didn't like it. It wasn't me. Now, did I play football in the sand? And I love that. Beach volleyball, yes. Wrestling, yes. 
Did I like to throw sand in people's faces and punch them in the face and then, you know, be a dick asshole and then, you know, just fucking let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's drink 20 buds and fucking let's let's roll. Yes. Pocket sand is one of the most underrated moves of all time. Putting no sand in somebody's pocket? No, no, no. You throw it. You have it in the pocket. Oh, and you just wail it on somebody's throw face. Throw it yes, in their eyes. loved it. Made sand castles. I was extremely poor at it. Almost like, you know, as bad as you can get. But loved it. Fine. But sitting on the beach in the quiet uh, with beautiful sunset and beautiful water and beautiful people and people throwing grapes in my mouth and saying, do you want some caviar? Do you want some filet? I don't fuck you. Get the fuck away from me. I, it's not my game. I want to be in my pool controlling everything, shitting in my own bathrooms that I feel comfortable taking a poop in. And that's my uh, euphoria. That's my heaven. And that's really the bottom line. I mean, I got caught swimming in uh, my pool uh, before I owned it, uh, 1973. That was, was a 12. wild sentence. 1973. Let's, let's back up. Why? So it's... Uh, you're talking about this pool. Yes. Before you owned the house. Correct. You got caught swimming in it. Right. In sixth grade, we were swimming in the pool and the Schwindlers caught us, the caretaker Bill. And he said, uh, what, what are you guys doing? And we're like, uh, we live, my buddy lives right over that fence. So we hopped the fence and we, we in, in the 70s, the early 70s, pool hopping was so big, Alex. You just can't believe. And even furthermore, sleeping on people's lawns, foreign people's lawns with a little tent. That was like what we did. They'd wake up and they'd be like, what are you doing on a now, lawn? Now, did you know what this man looked like? You knew the you knew the specs. Of who? Schwindler. No, never. I, uh, so what, this guy just was an axe murderer and fucked your little boy hole. You could have, I mean, you're vulnerable. Who knows? You're well, in the pool. Who, you got no weapons. Nothing. He could Ask fuck you silly. Well, it, then there was a, then You never thought about getting just fucked. Listen, when we were kids in the late 60s, early 70s. Like I'm talking, he could have every, beat you up, fucked you in the ass. No, well, listen, I, I didn't. Tied I you up. I wasn't worried about anybody beating me up because my father was beating me up. My father was beating my my brother up. Why my father you, was smacking gotta, my mother. You always got to just go fuck it. You're well, because I wasn't. I, listen, when you get beat by your father, you're not really afraid of anybody else. You're afraid of your fucking going home. I was afraid of going home. My father was in a bad mood, getting cracked with a belt punched in the fucking stomach, you know, like psycho shit like that. But anyway, so this guy, Bill caught us, then hired us. And then I fucking said, I'm going to buy this house when I make money. I did. And the rest is history. But so the pool, wait, wait, wait. So explain, he caught you in the pool. He caught me and four friends. Did he make you get out immediately? Or no, he left. You just he literally you left. He goes, what are you guys doing? Where did you guys come from? And we, you know, we immediately, we, we were scared, but since he was smiling, well, be that as me, I didn't know he was drunk because he used to drink like 24 buds a day. So Guys he was just lit. Fucking alcoholic. He didn't give a flying fuck about nothing. I worked there for eight months. Okay. We did no work. We did nothing. We sat in the greenhouse with this guy guzzling beers, throwing the beers on the floor this after he's after done. After you got caught. After we got caught and he told us stories. Gotcha. That's all we did. He was a stone cold alcoholic. And he, I don't think he did a fucking thing either. He had like seven people under him and did everything. He just hired us so that he has somebody to talk to. Hypothetical switch up. Yes. He catches you in the pool. Yes. He's coming over in a bathrobe. Yes. He's a little tipsy. Yes. Just starts beating his meat right in front of you. 
It's his fucking house. Well, I mean, oddly, oddly enough, my neighbor on 103 Abbott Street, he was on, he was 105 Abbott Street. John, uh, you're just giving away addresses. Just oh, I mean, okay, like, kind of um, wild. John, let's see. It was New Year's Eve of eighth grade, so that's 1974. He literally asked like six people that are at my house. We have a New Year's Eve party. We smoke my father's vintage cigarettes, and he says, "Have you ever masturbated?" And we're like, "What?" He's like, have you ever? And he whipped out his dick and masturbated right in front of us in the living room. Did he Did he beat to completion? Absolutely. Came all over the place, wiped himself up. What do you mean? Where'd he come? Right in his hands. He came in his hands like in front of you. He came in his hand. Cupped he his hand. Cupped his hand came. and spit in his hands. So that was the first time I've ever seen did somebody Did he show you off. the cum? Well, he showed us how to masturbate. P.S. He That's died. A, P.S. He died of AIDS. You See? Know, I mean, no, he died of AIDS. Some of that usually beats off in front of other humans. Right, was sexually yeah. promiscuous and died of AIDS. He never tried to touch us, never tried to do anything. Oddly enough, my neighbor on the other side... Except the one time he did touch a, us. A neighbor on the other side, um, she was a woman. She was a girl at the time. She died of AIDS. So could you imagine... Do you this? think they fucked each other? That's how they got the AIDS? No, no, because John, John was gay and she was not gay. She was into men because I know some of my friends banged her. I didn't, but you know, whatever. So I was surrounded by AIDS. AIDS was everywhere on box my fucking house. Not not joking. Dead serious on my fucking dead mother's eyes. Dead fucking serious. So, um, so the pool has played a big, big fucking role in my life. But let me get back to the point here. Wait, 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 wait. Back to the hypothetical situation. Yes. He yes. comes out, catches you in the pool, starts beating off like your friend did. He comes. We would run away. We were lightning fast. Okay, no one's no, catching no. me. So OJ Simpson couldn't you're catch me. You're Usain, get... I, was, I was white, but I was as fast as Usain Bolt. So you would have got out of the pool. Oh, lightning. So it would have worked. L no, lightning. Now. Oh, oh, if he beat to get us out of it. Yes, absolutely. That would have worked. Okay, but if he you... laughed, he was like, hey, hey, guys, he literally said, uh, what are you guys doing? Where do you live? Do you want a job? Literally, that's what he said. He didn't. We was not in a robe. He didn't. But beat if he, off I'm you, just, you, I'm you just deranged. saying. No, no, no. So, how did I raise you? Wait, wait, wait. So where if the he, fuck did you gotta I let me finish. You? Let me finish. What's the matter with let you? Let me finish like your friend John finished. All right. What? Bottom line is this: if he beats off, <laughs> okay, yes, you yes, still yes. want to buy the house? No. So that would have turned you off. That would that would have killed it, and I probably would be. I listen. This house is worth, let's say, two point three million right now. If he beat off and I didn't buy this house and I still made the money I made, I would have bought at exactly the same time, 1989, my cousin was building in Laurel Hollow. He had 4,000 square foot houses that we had the exact same price I paid for this house, but it wasn't 7.8 acres, it was like two acres in Laurel Hollow. That house right now is worth $15 million. So this guy not beating off cost, cost me $12.5 million. That's fucked up. And I would have ran with people that weren't looking to take all their friends to the Super Bowl, to the World Series, spending millions of dollars on frivolous, horseshit, bullshit, degenerate things. Yes. See? So if that guy jerked off, I would have been scared. I would have never bought this house, never came back again. And I'd be a billionaire right He's now. kind of a scumbag. It would be Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Dave Portnoy, Stu fucking Finer. Stu fucking Finer. Yeah, but maybe without Stu Finer, Dave doesn't be, you know, like, so. No, I mean, if Dave and his effect. father and his uncle didn't watch my Correct. show, there might not be any Dave Portnoy. That's wild. And he knows it in his balls, too. He resents it. That's why when we're in a room together, there's tension because he knows that he owes me his fucking success. And he doesn't want to 
ever own that. You know them. He thinks he thinks because he fucking worked his balls off on these Boston fucking uh, railroad train stations giving out fantasy. F- he thinks it's him. No, it wasn't him. It was still. It was me in his body, in his fucking body. Did you see that bullshit movie, Everything, Anything, All at Once? What a piece of shit. You flip. didn't even name the movie. What is it? Everything. Everything, anything, no, no. all the time. Everything, everywhere. Oh, e- anything. No. Everything, anywhere. No. No. Try it one more time. Okay. Every- anything. No. Wrong. Oh. One everything. Word. Everything's right. Everywhere, all at once. There you go. I want to say something. I fell asleep five times during the movie. It's a shit flick. It is the most overrated piece of fucking garbage ever. It is eclectic. It is shit. It is garbage. Garbage. I don't know how that movie won Best Picture. Okay. Top Gun wait, 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 pissed wait, wait. all over that movie. That That's not even in the league of Top Gun. It's not even in the league of the second Avatar. Top Gun is literally like softcore male porno. It was just fucking Tom Cruise without his shirt off. I love Tom Cruise, though. Yeah, I love Kelly McGinnis. Listen, it's just a softcore porn. I I would eat Kelly McGinnis' pussy and ass all day and twice on Sunday. Listen, it's a sus movie. That's all I'm saying. It's not a sus. It was kind of sus. It wasn't sus. That volleyball scene where they're playing on the beach. I'm pretty sure that something happened to you. that you. uh, I think the world ate acid and loved that movie and voted for it. I don't know why. It was a great Listen, movie. I would bang you, Jamie Lee Curtis even as old as she is now because in Trady Places, when she picked up her shirt and she showed Dan Aykroyd her fucking tits, I came right in my fucking pants because she's a fucking 10. She's always been a 10. She is a 10. Her body's a 10. Her tits are a 10. But I don't saying know that, that movie sucked. Yeah, well, she's not she a was a 10 35 uh, years ago. No, no, no. you got to have a real one Her to body scale. was a 10. No, no, no. I want you to see. You haven't seen that. Did Listen, you remember her tits No one's a 10. No one's a 10. You could be like a fucking, an eight is phenomenal. Dua Leap is not a 10? No. No one's a 10. Dua Leap is not a 10? No one's a 10. Uh, Dua Leap There's, is a You 10. can't be a 10 because that's setting the bar to the, you got to think is of Is Miley like, Cyrus a 10? Listen, when I talk about one is through. Is Miley Cyrus a 10? When I talk about a one through 10. Yes. Miley Cyrus might not be a six. Listen, bottom a line six. is this. Bottom line is this. You have to really think about a one through 10 scale. Miley Cyrus a has five one holes through and you can put your all five. And like a one. Say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a, listen, it's fucked up as it is, right? Mm. There's like the people with like. Mm. Burn victims, yeah, those are ones, right? All right, when you when you get hit by a fucking car, yeah, and you get mashed up, yes. like you're a one, okay, okay. Yes. There is no tens. I, there is a lot. There's of tens. no. Well, tens. listen, if you have fake once tens, you're sixty two, your your uh, evaluation drops. No, you know no, no. I mean? You can never be a ten. Oh, well, you I can't go max that. scale. It's just. There is no multiple because someone has to be better than so then you can't have two tens because who's I, the better ten? I don't think there's a woman on this earth better than Dua Lipa. I guarantee she's the fuck of the century. The fuck no. of the what do you century. Mean? Her clit could be off placed. Like her pussy lips. Could yeah, it could be, be off placed in my nose. No. I would put it in my she could nose just have a bad, and I eat my snot. She could just while have like a, a pussy. Bad looking lips. Ariana Grande is not a ten. No, she's not a ten. Mm. I, Ariana Grande, mm. if she went out and fucking rained. She would fucking melt, all right? And then you'd see the real Ariana. Mm. You don't know what she looks like. You don't know. Without listen, makeup on, you say? Listen, that's not a 10. That's just a great makeup artist. Really? Yeah. Well, I would say from 1978 to 1998, your mother was a 10. She was a fucking 10. Listen, listen. I love Sandy. She ain't no fucking 10. 
Well, you, but listen, you were eight years old when she became, when, you know, you only saw her when you were born to eight when she was a 10. Yes. And then she became, you know, a nine, eight, and she settled in like whatever now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Seven. Cal calm down. That's Seven. still my mother, but bottom line is she ain't no 10. There she, ain't no 10s. There's a lot of There's tens. no 10s. Well, no, no. I, it's I, just fraud. It's a fraud scale. Can we agree to disagree on this? No, no. That's a terrible. No, no, no. No, nope. No one agrees with that. The hey, listen, only guys, that I want comments on this podcast. Are there tens? And and I want you to list your tens, okay? So when you comment on the podcast, like and subscribe, comment on the podcast. I want to know tens, and I want to know who you think are tens, okay? Because tens do exist. They don't exist. They do. Well, listen, we might need you can not have be a nine banging that's... them, but they exist. No, 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 no. It has to be with, we're not banging any 10s. It's never going to happen. I banged I, your mother for 20 years when she was a fucking 10. I mean, listen, listen, she's not a 10. She won third prize prom queen. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. Every prom. And, and the never first been... prize and the second prize in Farmingdale High School in 12th grade were dogs. They were ugly. Realistically. I wouldn't fist fuck those girls. That's fine. There might not be Shout a... out to the ugly girls in Farmingdale High School that sucked my dick. There are no Shout out tens. to all those girls that gave me hand jobs and said, you don't need Sandy. I'll fucking satisfy you. Shout it out, bitch. That's Bitches. A, listen, listen, you could shout them out all you want. Why? I'm there not might, shouting anybody out. There I don't is, kiss and tell. What, what year did you graduate? 1979. There's probably no eights. What do you mean? It was 1,200 no, people. No, bro. Yeah, you're, you're talking 1,200 people. There's there 7 billion 12, people on the planet. Listen, there was 12 tens. There was 29s. There was 48s and like a hundred of them were sevens. Think about what you're saying. Can I explain something to you? In high school, when you grabbed my dick and I came, you're a 10. That's it. That's the specification. You're holding my penis. It's either in your mouth or I, you jerk me off, right? Because I didn't get fucked by nobody in high school besides my wife. They were tens. Can't. Because my attitude of gratitude was at an all-time high. Thank you. Very grateful. I love you. God bless you. Your gratitude scale could be a one through 10. But okay, the, thank the you. looks is no tens. Well, I, I look at people through rose colored glasses. I, I, there's no, like, I'm not really I'm indiscriminate. I'm, I'm a very easy high marker. Let me put it that way. You have a very tough marking scale. No, no, I no, don't. It's just realistic. I, I don't. Well, listen, you're not 62. I'm 30 years older than you. That age has nothing to do with sure this topic. Sure it does. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. Nope. nope. Zero topic. I disagree. All right, listen, audience, please do me a favor. After you like and subscribe, I want comments of your tens and who you think of tens. That's very important. All right, let's get back here. So now, so again, it's summer, uh, spring of 2023, and I'm a fat fucking pig. I'm an obese pig. I'm lethargic. Uh, I smell. Uh, I sweat. Uh, my farts are gross, and uh, my poopies are... Uh, because I'm eating a lot of nuts, uh, I'm finding blood when I wipe my ass. And that's happened for about a week. So I told you yesterday, Alex, I'm off I'm off nuts. Because nuts bind you. And I'm not eating enough roughage, obviously. I'm drinking a lot of water. Normally water for me works, but it's not. Because when I poop, it comes out slow and hard. And they're little poopies. They're like maybe three inches. And they go, boop. They drop into the water. Bloop. 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 Where... Once I'm in a good poopy form, it just flows right out. 12-inch poops, 13-inch poops looks like sausage. You know what I'm saying? You and that's really of, it is. Uh, you're talking about a continuous 12-inch log? Yes. So you could take a fat dick. 
You ever in talk my about ass? that? I mean, it's could coming, I? It's coming out, so you could go in. No, but because it's soft. What do you it's mean? Su- and it, and it's tiny. All right, so it's, it's tiny. So it's just you could take a twelve-inch tiny dick. No, but I wouldn't though. I, I didn't say that. I mean, I've had women that love my ass, they ate my ass, and put fingers up my ass. I'm I'm going one finger. That's it. One finger works, and they ask <clears throat> if they go two or three fingers. Not my woman. Not my girl. You, you ain't for me. You're not for me. If you try that, I crack you right across your fucking face. No, no, no. So it's okay to hit women if they put three fingers in your asshole. Hundred rule. Full fist. I, I'm not smacking. You put three fingers up my fucking ass and I'm breaking your fucking nose. I'm dislocating your fucking eye socket. I'm breaking your jaw. Yes. I, because I'm because the word no means no. It goes both ways, women. No. You, can, you could stick one finger up my ass after you eat my ass. Absolutely. No issue. If you blow me and you finger fucking my ass, one finger. That's it. I don't go two and three... I'm breaking your fucking face like Mike Tyson <laughs> knocks fucking people out. For the record, okay? And you ain't getting near my ass. You ain't getting near my ball sack. You're not touching my cock. I ain't eating your pussy. I ain't eating ass. Even though I'm the king, perfect hour of sex. I'm a living legend, 15, 15, 30. Only in your dreams. You can masturbate over me, but I don't fucking cheat. And I got no prenuptials, so you blew it, okay? If you got me in 1978, you were lucky. And that's it. That was your only window. 1978, 1977, 1976. That was it. Windows closed 45 fucking years ago. Now, Most of you are not even fucking alive. You weren't even born. And I probably banged your mother. Bottom line is this. Graham, I might have had your grandmother on her knees blowing me. No matter how much you could punch her in the face and you could break her nose, right? But mm. her, her three fingers will always be in your ass. Correct. You're right. You're right. You're right. They'll I, never go away. I agree. You're right. How's that feel? Uh, doesn't feel good. It's not me. I don't like it. I feel violated. So, um, okay, so here we go. So it's the spring of 2023. And again, like every other spring, I'm a fat fucking slob. So I'm going to eat through Sunday, no sugar. I haven't had sugar in like, uh, I haven't had marijuana now in nine days. I went a week ago Monday to the Nick game uh, with my buddy, Matty Jenks. Uh, He graciously took me. We sat courtside. We sat right behind the Nick bench and we influenced the game by the way. And we got so fucking stoned. Must have smoked like eight fucking joints. I was annihilated. And uh, that I before that, I had like two weeks, 18 days of no marijuana. But how it works is when I smoke one joint, I smoke eight joints and it takes me like four days to get sober. So I've been sober now for, let's see, one, two, Thursday, uh, eight days, eight days clean. And uh, it's not easy. Life is much harder straight. Life is much harder cold sober. Now, emotionally it's harder it's so much more manageable everything is so much easier my clarity is much better my decision making is much more on point physically emotionally spiritually mentally but so much harder and everything is really tough and i'm tight and you know at 62 you go through a lot now um so i'm 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 going to eat some carbs and try to get it together. But come Monday, once I give my blood work, and then next Friday when I get results, it's going to be cold. It's going to be no sugar, no carbs, very little fruit, vegetables, protein, and I'll be walking between 5 and 10 miles a day. 
Um, and God willing, I'm going to prepare for the Chicago Marathon, which is in October. Now, will I be able to do this marathon? I actually don't know. Because the difference between <laughs> 57 and 62 is mind-boggling. <clears throat> Everything hurts. Everything hurts. Everything fucking hurts. You know, I used to be able to run 70 to 100 yards 40 times a day. Now when I do it, everything hurts. My groin hurts. Bottom of my toes hurt. Uh, my thighs hurt. My calves hurt. It sucks being 62 and morbidly obese. Now again, if I was <clears throat> 155 pounds right now, 160, 165, I guarantee I could run marathons every month for the rest of my fucking life. But, you know, I don't. So the the stress on my body has hurt me. So we're back in action. We're going to go on a food plan again in spring. And hopefully I look fabulous come the summer. And then I'll be in tip, tip, tippy top shape uh, in the fall. Be going to Chicago once a week with Sandy to do the uh, year six of Barstool Sports Advisors. Um, Jersey Jerry's moving out to Chicago. Shout out Jersey. And so it obviously it's going to be me, Big Cat and Jersey Jerry. And then I'm assuming Dave is going to pop in once in a while, but maybe not. Who knows? When you got all this money, you got a drop dead girlfriend who's lights whoa, out. Whoa, whoa. Drop dead gorgeous girlfriend. Drop dead just, gorgeous girlfriend. Lights go. out. You can't just say drop dead. A good dead. heart. She shares how she feels on social media. I love where she's coming from. I never met her and I love her. Never met her and I love her. I love her heart. I love her soul. And she's gorgeous. But anyway, so... um. I don't know if Dave's going to do the show for year six, but we'll figure it out. You know, I mean, he's the boss, so he could do whatever the fuck he wants. But you could probably pencil in right now. It's me, Big Cat, and Jersey Jerry. And in Chicago, we're going to fucking kill it. We're going to fucking kill it. We're going to fucking kill it. And I'll be hanging out with uh, Eddie, who I fucking love, and all the group at Chicago. It's going to be amazing. And obviously, PFT is going to be there. Hank's going to be there. Uh, all the producers are going to be there. So it's going to be a lot of people. So basically, um, that's where we're at with that. Now, you gotta, um, you gotta clear your throat. Let's go. <coughs> come on, get it fucking out, dude. <coughs> come on, I'm go to do a leap is clitoris and and her cum in my Let's mouth. Let's go. Get the phlegm out. Come on, the water ain't helping. You gotta clear your throat. <coughs> clear your throat. Let's go. Excuse me. I'm Whoa. Sorry. Imagine okay. if you just throw. So, uh, let's go to uh, to pertinent um, health status now. Since fifty. Uh, I've been on steroids. Excuse me, testosterone. <laughs> excuse me. I've never been, been fucking juice. <clears throat> never been on steroids in my life. Uh, testosterone. And uh, at 50, my levels were low. I think they dropped to about 200. So then they gave me this cream that I used, and then it got up to 400. And then eventually the cream was like just the worst because it made you like yucky and slimy. So then I started getting a shot in my ass. And then my... T's got up to like five and six hundred. Now it's like between six and seven hundred because I take a, a once a week a shot in my stomach. Okay. Every three months they test your PSA and your PSA levels, which are like I guess connected to your prostate levels, um, should be between two point eight and four. Mine always ran high between four point four and five point four. Well, um, a year ago. I tested, I got tested and they were like eight. So I went for an MRI and they said, you're okay. Well, a year, a year passed and I'm back in the same spot. My uh, test my uh, PSA was 7.9, just went for an MRI. They said, 
no cancer. But oddly enough, listen to this. The MRI test is only 30% accurate. So now, in three months from now, we're going to test again. And if my levels are still at 7.9 in his office, he's going to do some sort of operation where they pinch your ass, they go up your ass, speaking of three fingers up your ass, and they'll have to do a biopsy. Let's hope, pray to God, that the numbers come down from 7.9 to like 4.5 or 5, and then I'm golden. If not, then we'll check it out. And, you know, look, in a male prostate cancer, I heard 50% of the people get it after 60. So, not a big deal. You don't die of prostate cancer. We're on top of it. They'll remove it. There's so many things you could do, so I'm not scared. But I'd rather not have the fucking cancer than have the cancer. How so, many people develop ass play fetishes after this happens? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. But if you're doing 15, 15, 30, and, and your significant other's eating your ass and finger-fucking your ass with one... How many fingers? One. No, no, not two... Not three, not a vibrator, things that could go up your ass, men. All one finger and her tongue. And that's it. That's fucking it. But anyway. Don't kink shame. Some people might like three fingers. Listen, to each his own. I'm just telling you, you ain't going up my ass. You go up my ass, I bash your fucking face. If Dua Lipa wanted to fist fuck you with both hands, you'd let it happen. No, I wouldn't. Uh, no, no, one finger. Listen, no, listen, and listen, be honest not with even you, fucking, I've seen Dua Lipa's... You can't I've even Dua fucking Lipa, lie. I've this seen is a Dua terrible Lipa, lie. Uh, seven times live, and I've seen her fingers very up close. She got long-ass digits. Long-ass nails. They are never going up me. It's either her tongue or nothing. That's it. The only thing that Dua Lipa could do on my ass is tongue-ass me. Tongue-ass you. Tongue-ass me while she's singing her songs. She could levitate her tongue up my fat fucking ass. That's the bottom line. So... Um, all right, so that's, uh, you know, so, you know, li listen, when you're 62, these things happen. And, you know, every three months you go to a doctor, they check you out, and hopefully everything runs smoothly. But if it doesn't run smoothly, we we deal with it like men. Like men. So we're back on the podcast, by the way. This is the first episode in four weeks, and Stu just morbidly told you he might die like six times. I didn't say I'm going to die. I, I, mean, I, I, I specifically, unequivocally told you that I'm not going to live, but... I'm not it's afraid of prostate bad. cancer. Prostate cancer is like anything else. You deal with it. It's like skin cancer. You deal with it. You know what I'm saying? So now speaking of cancer, let's roll over to my father now who uh, 86 years old. The first doctor we saw told us he was going to die. Gave six months. Scumbag. I hope you die, Mr. Doctor. You're wrong. Second doctor we saw. You think he saw, gets off on that? You think like he just no, he just doesn't care? He's just I, like fucking. I think he's incompetent. Well, you know what die. it is. It, it, if you ask, it's like it's like in life. Just because they're doctors, they're not fucking any any uh, more special than anybody else. Everyone has an opinion, and opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. So you go to one doctor, they say one thing. One doctor, another. So this is the third doctor. But this third doctor we saw was very aggressive and very confident, and he said the cancer is on his. It's not his. It's pancreas. And it is treatable, it is removable, and now we're going to a fourth urologist. And this is his urologist from Northwell Health. And she's going to make a determination with the, with the doctors and the surgeons if my father can handle the operation. Because it's twofold. Number one, his body has to recover, which obviously there's no guarantee and no one knows that for a fact. That's number one. And number two, can my father handle the anesthesia? My father has a uh, 
pancreatic cancer. There's a tumor on his pancreas. So she'll make a determination. And my father wants to be aggressive with this. So he wants it out. He wants it out. He's not going to sit and wait. Like this doctor said, if you do nothing, it's two years. The other doctor said, if you do nothing, it's six months. So we bought 18 months, no matter what. No guarantees, obviously. And it could grow and things could happen. But be that as it may, two years. Two years, hell of a lot better than six months. So we see the urologist next week. And then uh, we'll get a, what? Just just, a hell of a, it's four times. What is four you times? Said four, you said hell of a lot times better. Four times better. Just six months, four times. Two oh, four times better. Yes. Quick shout out, shout out four times. Got you. Got you. Shout out being smart math. Got you. Got you. Shout it out. That's where we're at. Good job, Al. So, uh, so that's next week. And then we roll from there. And then um, segueing away, speaking of next week, we get the spring cleaning for my house. Now, obviously, this weed's on the lawn. Uh, this morning, the guy came and sprayed, killed the weeds. Got to be careful with Aria because then I got to wash her paws when she comes in the house now for a day. And then uh, we'll get spring cleaning. And then one of the greatest spring days of the year, mulch is here. And Barstool's coming out to film mulch is here. So we'll have the whole Barstool crew, producers, cameramen. And they're going to film it. And it's going to get heavy play. I think two years ago, we got almost 5 million views. So we're going for more than 5 million views. Hopefully it's 10 million views. And uh, it's just a great day mulch is here. It just, it's because then you know the mulch is here, right, Alex? It's fucking here. So just just to break this down. Yes. The the mulch will be here. Yes, the mulch will be here. And uh, obviously, as always, you could buy the mulch is here shirts on the Barstool sp- store. They're also on uh, BeLikeStew.com. But it, all that does is give you the link to the Barstool store. But if you go to BeLikeStew.com, I have 58 items that you could buy. So... A lot of my products are on the Barstool store. The Perfect Dive, the mulch is here. What what else is on there? Um, it has all my inspirational shirts. No, no, no. But what, oh, what it, else? It, it also has a Barstool Sports. No, nah, what else? Um, I don't know. What am I missing? What are you missing? I don't know what I'm missing. What do we do today? What are you missing? Podcast? Oh, no. Think about it. We put something up. They could purchase it. Oh. Let's go. Diving shout-outs. Wow, there we go. Diving shout-outs. What is a diving shout-out, shout out, Sue? Um, a diving shout-out, Alex, um, specifically means that I'm on my diving board uh, with my shirt off in a breathtaking uh, Balls Beachwear bathing suit. Shout-out, Lenny Balls. Shout-out, Lenny Balls. Shout-out, Only Stands. Shout-out, Lenny Balls. Wearing a Balls Beachwear bathing suit. And I will make anyone's life better. I will make you feel good about everything. So much so that I'll bet this. Let's say you're engaged to your girl and you find out that your best friend has been fucking her up her ass with his dick and you and his dick has been in her mouth while you're tongue kissing her four hours later. And you find out and, and you feel like shit. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Shout out Andrew Wiggins. Oh, is that a, is that a fact? I don't know. It's a it's rumor. A rumor. It's a rumor. You know what? Rumors are fun to spread. Yes, they are. Well, listen. Here's not a rumor. Pete Davidson has a 10-inch dick. And Kanye West was talking to, I think, Charlemagne the God about how his wife is getting drilled by a white man with a 10-inch dick. Now, that's not me. That's Kanye's words. Kanye's talking to Charlemagne going... What am I going to do? My wife's getting drilled by a white man with a 10-inch dick. Shout out, Pete Davison. Shout it fucking out. So that 10-inch dick's been 
with Ariana Grande. It's with Kanye's wife and with everyone else. 10 fucking inches. Shout out Pete fucking Davidson. But anyway, so the diving shout out that is on BeLikeStew.com, that you buy it on BeLikeStew.com, BeLikeStew.com, a diving shout out. I'm on the diving board and whether it's an anniversary, whether it's a birthday, whether it's a bachelor party, whether it's something special that happened and you want to say you love to, to someone, I'll do it. I read a script and I dive in the pool. How about a tragedy like we just spoke about? Your fiance's fucking your best friend. You find out about it. How about you send him a Stu Finder shout out saying he's a lowlife. He's a scumbag. He's a douchebag. And he ain't in your life no more. I'll torch that fucking person like nobody's business. How about Mother's Day? How about Father's Day? How about the birth of a child? How about just saying you love someone? How about your fiance? You're getting engaged and she is loyal and she ain't sucking your best friend's cock behind your back. How about that? You're going to say, I love you. I love you. I love you. How about all you women out there? All you women that are listening to this because you are a slave of Stu Finder because I taught your man the 15, 15, 30. I taught your man 15 minutes eating your ass, 15 minutes licking your clit, and 30 minutes fucking. And if he can't hold his load, he brings the vibrator. How about you want to say, Stu, I love you. Stu, thank you. Stu, you made my dog shit lover of a man a king, a god, and I just multiple orgasm because of you, Stu Finer, because of the pink champagne that you told to put in his mouth and the bubbles hit my clitoris and I flutter and I multiple orgasm. So all you women out there, how about you want to do something for your man special, super special? Give him a Stu Finer diving shout out. So the Stu Finer diving shout out really solves the world's problems. It solves your problems and it's the best gift fucking possible. Be like stew.com. So with the pool open, we're doing the diving shout outs. Next week is landscape is coming, getting the house ready. And then the week after is mulches here and all the mulches here videos and all the mulches here merchandise. Either be like stew.com, which gives you a link to the barstool store, go directly to the barstool store. In addition to it, um, which was an epic fail and an epic bomb. And Alex always teasing me about it. I have six shirts that are inspirational shirts. Okay, they say sobriety fucks. They say disagree set free. They say the way out is the way through. And I love them and everyone loves them, but no one bought them. So if you want to just say, hey, Stu, I feel bad for you that you epically failed with your um, inspirational shirts. They're on the Barstool store. Fucking buy them. No, 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 no. Fucking buy them. Buy them because no one else did. I mean, I think I sold, you know, where, where let's say for uh, Barstow Sports Advisors, sold 2,000 pieces. Okay, I sold 30 pieces. 30. That's a fucking joke. I was insulted. I tried to do is inspirational for everyone, and I got uninspired because I felt less than. So are you, are you pity? Are you pity pitching right now? Is this a pity pitch? 100%. Is this a pity pitch? Pity. I'm on my knees begging. Buy my inspirational shirts on the Barstool store. Yes. That's pathetic. Pathetic. But I don't care about pathetic. I, I have you, no... You have no... Yeah, I have no shame. Care. You don't care. I don't care. No scruples, no shame. Speaking of not caring. Yes. Speaking of no shame. No shame. Purdue. Purdue. Congratulations to Zach Eady, by the way. AP Player of the Year. You piece of shit scumbag. 7-4 
fucking scum of the earth. Matt Painter, how about you learn how to beat a press? Braden Smith, how about you learn how to dribble? Ethan Morton, how about you learn how to hit a shot? Mason Gillis, how about you learn how to do anything? Um, who else? Fletcher Lawyer, how about you fucking hit the broadside of a barn? Um, Purdue, how about you fucking win the first round game against a team that didn't win their conference, against a team that didn't win their conference tournament, against a team that literally was in the play-in game for the 16th. The team that has a 6-1 average height, Fairleigh Dickinson is not a real program. They're a fraudulent D1 program. They have a coach that's a first-year coach. They are super small. Super small is an understatement. The smallest team, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to, I think they're the smallest team ever, average height to ever win an NCAA tournament game. You didn't just lose. You got embarrassed. You were losing at halftime. You lost full-time. You have a kid that's 7'4", a kid that literally just won AP Player of the Year, and you couldn't get out of the first round. You couldn't win a game. You embarrassed me. You set me up for disaster. You built my hopes up, and you're fucking scumbags. So that's that's where we stand. Um, Fuck you, Purdue. How about throwing alley oop? You know this is uh, this is uh, a very simple concept. You dribble the ball, you pass it a little bit. You have Zach Eady jump. Okay, ready for this? This is this is fun. you know maybe the, this should have been the game plan. You have Zach Eady jump as he jumps at the apex of his jump. It doesn't even have to be the apex. Just throw it above their heads because they're 6'1". He catches the ball, and he places it in the hoop. He doesn't even have to dunk it. He could place it gently. He could put the basketball in a blanket. He could hug it. He could rock it back and forth and then just place it right in the basket. All right? How about try that once? How about throw the ball up? He catches it and dunks it. One alley-oop. Nope. Don't want to do that. Just jack up threes. Can't hit the broadside of the barn. Uh, this team didn't even score. You got embarrassed. You embarrassed yourselves. You bailed out Virginia from losing to UMBC because we all remember that game. UMBC was playing lights out. They were drilling fucking threes from the parking lot. They couldn't miss. Fairly Dickinson, uh, I can't say they did anything right. You know what they did? They scared you. They played the Trey Young tactics of just... I'm going to act like I'm going to guard you. I'm going to, you know, it's like when you, you see a bear in the wild and you don't want to get your face mauled off. So you like scream and act big and you posture up. You know what I'm saying? And the bear runs away. That bear's a fucking pussy. That bear's a retard. All right. And I know we're not allowed to use that word, but we're going to use it in this scenario. You were the bear in this scenario and you looked at this feeble human being and you got scared. Not only did you get scared, you get fucked in the ass. You got embarrassed. Um, Probably the worst upset since David versus Goliath. Um, shout out David. Shout out David. Shout out David. He's a Jew. Jews are better than people. Shout out Jews. Shout out Jews. Um, yeah, no, no. So that's it. Uh, that's where we're at. Now, do you think that... Um, so you think Purdue lost the game rather than Fairleigh Dickinson winning the game? They, what the fuck did they do? Okay, so then let, let's go to the other, the other ones. Uh, Kansas, Houston, Alabama. Did they get beat or they beat themselves? Kansas got beat. Um, Alabama beat themselves. Um, Houston, they we, we knew they couldn't score. Couldn't they, score. You know, if you can't score, 
you can't win. Went into so droughts. Virginia, Virginia beat themselves because listen, that that loss was horrible. All right, and people listen. That's another thing Purdue bailed out. People don't even talk about Furman beating for uh, Virginia, where Virginia has the ball up to with a guard, Kihei Clark, that won a national championship. Now, Virginia got embarrassed by UMBC. The next year they come off, they're fucking clowned. They're getting clowned the whole year. They're getting clowned literally up until the tournament. They're getting clowned in the first round, second round, whatever. They win that year. Kihei Clark was on that team. He was on a championship pedigree team. This is a a, a veteran point guard. He gets the ball in bounds. With a timeout. All right, so listen. Option, you could set up six options, all right? You could have Kihei Clark A... Take the ball and punt it 16 rows into the out-of-bounds, okay? <laughs> 16 rows, because I, I, that's a pretty good kick. He could literally punt. Better option. He could take the ball and lay it into his own hoop. Better option. He could literally call a timeout. Probably the best option. He could get tied up. Not a good option, but he could do it. Probably might, might even draw a foul. He can throw the ball under his hoop. Okay, because at the end of the day, if they pick it up and lay it up, you're still tied. He chose to jump and toss the ball into the air. Now, it wasn't even like a good toss. It was like right to Furman. It was the worst decision I've ever seen from a per Like, it's like that episode of SpongeBob where he forgot his name and he like had a mental break and everything cracked and everyone, they show like in his brain, there's a bunch of SpongeBobs and there's just fire everywhere and everyone's like looking for the name. That's the exact thing that happened in this kid's head because there's no explanation for it. He could have literally took the ball and dunked. I don't even know if he can dunk. I, I don't know if I could ever see Kihei Clark dunk. I don't know if I can't visualize it if he ever did. He could dunk on his own basket. It would have been a better decision. All right. But since Purdue fucking lost to Fairleigh Dickinson, who is a fucking team that shouldn't even be in the tournament, never won their conference, never won their conference tournament, got in because another team was ineligible. Literal jokes. 6'1 average height midgets. You have a guy that's 7'4. They have to stand on each other's shoulders. And they still can't block this motherfucker. And you lose. So, um, Virginia's trash. They couldn't score either. So, we talked about Houston and Virginia being two teams that they have great defense. They're a great program. Good tournament. Built for the tournament. They can't score. If you can't score, you can't win. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at. Gonzaga got absolute. Listen, I've seen fucking. Like, people get fucked hard. I've watched, you know, a couple pornos out there where people get fucked very violently. And, like, I'm not into it, but I watched it. You know what I'm saying? Gonzaga got fucked so hard. I don't know if I've ever seen someone get fucked that hard. I don't know if I've ever seen a team look so helpless in my life. I mean, I saw Wisconsin not score for nine minutes in the NIT semifinal game versus North Texas which was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever watched a basketball team do. Um, we had North Texas. Shout out North Texas. Shout out North and Texas. And we had North Texas in the semis and the championship. Shout out championship game of the year. Shout out North Texas. Shout out North Texas. Not to take away from you, but listen, I'm taking it away. When the okay. team doesn't score for nine minutes, yes. nine whole minutes to end the game, <laughs> you don't really get talked about. True. We just talk about how bad the other person is. Barring that, that was ugly. But Gonzaga, the way they, I mean, they never had a shot. They were bigger, faster, stronger. Um, as good of a coach as Mark Few is, uh, I he didn't really do anything. And I don't think he could have done anything. 
They were that much better. They hit the three ball better. They were better inside. Uh, they wanted it more. Drew Kahn looked to me like Drew they wanted Timmy it more. scored like thirty five against UCLA. I got embarrassed. No, it was a bad. And listen, bad call. No, no. It, listen, it happens. Happens. Sometimes you get beat. Sometimes you get embarrassed. Correct. It, it's not. It's not going to be the first. It's it, not the first. It won't be the last. No. No. But that game was one of the worst beatdowns I've ever watched. And I'm a big Gonzaga fan. Wanted them to win. This was probably the most wide open. I mean, the final four consists of Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, UConn, and Miami of Florida. Has to I be mean, the worst ratings. They'll be the worst ratings ever for a uh, final four. Now, it's I not think even, the women might draw more than the men. The women will. Will. I, the women I would say will, will draw more than when like South to, Carolina, you got the juice. They might They might go undefeated. Might have a perfect season. You got Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, I think her name is, on Iowa. Scored 40-point 40, 40 triple-double. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, bottom line is this. At least, like, you have some pools, brackets. Brackets were busted after the first round. And I'm talking busted to the point where, like, you're just rooting for... I don't even know what you're rooting for. The, there was no sweat. This was such an upset-heavy tournament that usually there's upsets that ruin your bracket and you're kind of just jerking off by the round of 16. No one... You didn't even have a sweat. It was over. You didn't care. Your team was out. No one's really in it unless you're a fan of Florida Atlantic, UConn, San Diego State, or Miami, Florida. I don't even know what you're, you're... Are you watching? You know, you're watching just to watch, but like, I don't know. You're watching because you paid me because you know I'm going to hit all four Correct. sides unless, totals unless, on Saturday. Unless you're gambling. Unless you're gambling. Because if you're gambling, I'm sweeping the board on Saturday. I'm going 4-0. I'm going to win both sides, both totals, and both games, and I'm going to fucking hit Monday. And uh, my Monday game is guaranteed, by the way. Ray roll. Little little promo. Promo. Okay. Fair. StuFinder.com. Yeah. Shout out. But yeah, so... Shout out, StuFinder.com. Purdue's dead to me. That's bottom line. Yes. Yes. Absolute, Unbelievable. Absolute frauds. Who's who's more dead to you, Purdue or Gonzaga? No, Gonzaga Gonzaga never... I didn't really like the game. No, no you didn't. You know, you, um, you didn't like... You said you didn't... You thought that... You you said, I just hope we don't get embarrassed because you knew in your balls UConn was going to kill them. They're just better. Oh, they were, they're much better. The eye test is there. And it really never, they never even had a sweat. No. Gonzaga picked up foul, or Drew Timmy, he had to score 40. He didn't. uh, Picked up fouls, was in foul trouble. And yeah, three fouls, like the first seven minutes into the game, I think. Their team literally just runs through him, and they don't really have guards. They never, like this, this Gonzaga team, I was always worried about them the whole year because they didn't have a guard you could rely on. And. If you don't have a guard you could rely on and you don't, you know, have someone running the offense. I mean, there was possessions in that game. I don't you could go rewatch the game. You don't have to watch much of it. Just turn on any possession of the fucking game. Just watch what Connecticut's offense looks like. Everyone's moving, everyone's passing, there's a plan. And then you go to Gonzaga and it's like Drew Timmy's down low, three people are standing still and no one knows what they're doing. Like it's just it didn't it didn't look like it was not enjoyable to watch them get fucking mowed down. No, men against boys. Yeah. So the Final Four is on Saturday. So, uh, of course, it'll be amazing because we'll be betting our ball sack on it. The biggest bettors in the world, trust me, with their money. Multi-million dollar bettors will be on it, as they have for 40 fucking years. So Plus, let's be honest. No one's Who's a fan of these teams? You got to be betting. You got to be gambling. You got to be gambling. You got to be hammering these games. That's it's it. the Final Four. It's the Final Four. That's it. Forget it's what gonna... I said five seconds ago. You got to watch No, this. you got to watch it and you got to bet your dick sack on it. And, you know, hundreds of people already paid me for it. But if you haven't paid me, what the fuck are you waiting for? StuFinder.com. So, okay. So that's college basketball. We end uh, Final Four and then championship on Monday. See you so long. Bye-bye. 
Um, let's go NBA. Let's go NBA. Let's talk about NBA. Uh, and then uh, I don't know what happened to Bucks last night, but they got beat by 41, 41, 41, 41 points. So uh, we've had some really phenomenal games coming down the stretch. And you got to be honest. You got to be honest right now. And Alex, you know this because you're an NBA expert and connoisseur. This literally will be the greatest last two weeks of the NBA season where every game matters. Like literally every game matters. And the playoffs are so fucking wide open now. It is absolutely unbelievable, especially the West. In the East, you only got three teams. There's only three teams that could come out of the East. We know that. But in the West, it's fucking totally wide open. Take it away, Alex. Yeah, so East, obviously, it's probably going to be Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, top three. Um, I don't think there's much changing except the playing games. Uh, you'll have to decide who's going to play the Bucks. No, no, no. Let me, let me rephrase that. You'll have to decide who loses against the Celtics and who loses against the Bucks. Because it's just, that's, that's, there really is no scenario um, where that doesn't happen. I mean, same probably thing in the East or in the West. But Nuggets are locked up for the one seed. Um, they pretty much have it, barring like the most epic collapse down the stretch. I don't even think that's possible. But we have Grizzlies two, Kings three. Kings break the drought. Shout out Kings. Shout well out done. Sacramento. And I'm gonna be honest, they got clowned on when they made the uh, Sabonis trade. Everyone clowned on them. Everyone thought that they got fleeced by sending Tyrese Halliburton, who's a, a stud up and coming guard. They didn't really think that Sabonis could. Uh, break them to that next level. Not only did he do that, he exceeded every expectation. Um, they've been lighting the beam all year, and they have an insane program. So, uh, well done. And now, uh, shout out Jets, because you're the biggest frauds in actually sports right now. So yes. the longest playoff drought now belongs to the New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. So, I mean, you better hope you get Aaron Rodgers because otherwise we're just, that's, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And Odell. Fair. And we're winning Super Bowl. uh, That's not happening. Winning Super Bowl. But bottom line is this. In the West, we have the Nuggets um, at the moment, and I'm really rooting for it. uh, Mavs are outside looking in. They're in the 11th seed. They're not even in the playoff team. Uh, I really hope that Kyrie misses playoffs because what he did to the Nets franchise, um, he left a Nets team that was in the four seed left to go to the Mavs who were currently at the four when he got there. And now they are in the 11 seed. They might not make the playoffs. I really am anti-sweating them. I hope they lose every game here on out. Um, Watching them lose as a 16 point favorite to the Hornets outright. And then playing them again, two days later and losing again was one of the, I mean, it it was just beautiful. It was like, uh, it was just Andre Bocelli. That's all I was hearing. It was a symphony in my head. There we go. That's it. So right now, currently, we got the Thunder in the 8, Lakers in the 9, Timberwolves in the 7, Pelicans in the 6, or sorry, Pelicans in the 7, Timberwolves in the 8, Lakers in the 9, Thunder in the 10, and we have the Warriors at the 6. So right now, those are... Everything's going to fluctuate. So those that 6 through 11 is very fluid. Um, at the moment, uh, I think for the best viewing experience, uh, I would like to see the Lakers in the play-in. They're going to be in the play-in, but I would, see like, I would like to see a Lakers-Warriors 
7-8 matchup. And then loser has to play the winner of the 9-10. But I think that as far as eyeballs go, like a, it's not a winner go home game, but it's a winner, you know, you want the seven seed. Because I feel like if you get the eight seed, you have to play the Nuggets. And I, I don't care how good the Lakers look. I don't care how, how good they've been playing. I, I really just think that people are overlooking the Nuggets, even with a healthy, you know, as healthy as Braun can be. You still have Anthony Davis. I just don't think that team could get it done. So, but I, I do think that the Grizzlies in the two seed are, everyone's looking at them like, you know, they're beatable no matter what. I mean, John Morant, he's great. Jaron Jackson Jr., great. Desmond Bain, great. Steven Adams, still hurt. Um, I think they're vulnerable. Even a two seed, you know, even if going on the road and not having home court advantage, I think they're beatable. So I think that that 7-8 game is going to be, or 7-8 to get the seven seed will be fantastic. I mean, it's a, any kind of play-in, I think, is it's proven to be a success beyond belief. I mean, it's just the fact that you could be a seven seed and you could not make the playoffs is just, I mean, stakes can't be higher. So I think that that would be the best viewing experience. Will that happen? Probably not. But um, I think as far as the league goes, they need LeBron in the playoffs because that's a disaster if he's not in the playoffs. Mm. If you don't have Luka Doncic, if you don't have Kyrie Irving, if you don't have LeBron James, Anthony Davis in the playoffs, I don't know how many millions to lose, but it's a ton. It's a ton. Sure. Absolutely. Those are four of the most loved players in the NBA. Controversial. Talked about. You can't you can't see NBA without saying those four players. No two ways about it. And then uh, I think Mark Cuban um, should sell the team. He's never going to sell the team. I think he should sell the team because, I mean— First of all, for him to let Brunson go, if that really is the case, maybe Brunson wanted to play with his father and there's no shot of ever getting him. Maybe he told him that, and that's why uh, they didn't sign him. But come on now, please. Well, no, no, he, this is an epic season. We talked about this last time. I mean, this is, he has exceeded every expectation by far, and now you look dumb. So whenever you don't sign someone and you let them go and they go to somewhere else, you obviously risk that where they could have an epic season. Um, it's almost like the Yankees not re-signing Judge, and then he has the, you know, AL season. Homers. sets the record, and now you have to pay him, and you look like fucking idiots. It happens. But at least they kept him. Uh, but he scored 40 points for them in the playoffs last year. It isn't like yeah, he but you don't it. you don't earn a contract off of one playoffs. Run. Yeah, but I, I mean, gosh, he was amazing, and I think he had a really good year for them last year. Well, like, speaking of Jalen Brunson, uh, they're not going anywhere. I think they're going to get fucking swept by the Cavaliers. Well, if Julius Randle's hurt, I mean, well, he's, he's hurt right now and he's I, not I coming. Mean, he's, He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Yeah, so what that means is he's going to be hurt. He's going to be no, playing without, without him. They're dead. I mean, I mean, can, can Brunson Fuck without in? them? I think with him, they're dead. Mm. I really just don't. I, I'm an, I'm not a, you're an anti Nick. I'm not an anti Nick. I don't, don't really like the Knicks. So yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the definition of an anti Nick. Yes. When I say I'm not an anti Nick, I lied to you. I am. I am a net fan. All right? all right, let me put you against the wall right now again. Give me give me East West and give me the championship matchup and give me the winner right now. 76ers Nuggets 76ers. Woo! James Harden finally gets the ring. Yes. The process is processed. Trust the process. It's Joel Embiid. Oh, and it's speaking, James Harden. Speaking of Joel Embiid. Yes. Speaking of a guy that I mean, what he's done the last month I still have Jokic as the MVP, but the race definitely got closer. 
I have uh, Jokic one, Joel Embiid two, Giannis three. And it's very tight though. There's a big. There, I mean, I would say it's very tight. One, two, three is a little. Uh, Giannis is he's incredible. Best record in the NBA. He's you know you can't really take anything away. Plays both sides of the ball. He's incredible. Okay, but I don't think he's done enough to really make it a three horse race. Right now it's Jokic and Embiid, and Embiid actually did have the advantage, but he's missed 14 games. Okay, not only did he miss 14 games. If he missed 13, the key matchup, you're going to Denver. You're playing him. I don't give a fuck about back-to-backs. I don't give a fuck about your health. Realistically, you have to play that game. You cannot sit that game. You Michael cannot, Jordan plays that game. You can't talk shit. LeBron about, plays that game. Like, you can't you can't talk to the media about how, you know, you should have won the MVP and how Jokic, you know, as good as he is, you're the MVP. You can't say these things and then not show up to that game. There's certain games that you have marked on the calendar and you had this marked on the calendar before this fucking season started. You know those matchups. You There's no way you could ever sit that game. You could go out there, get embarrassed. You have the excuse of, you know, you, you weren't rested. You were tired. Whatever you want, you could have those excuses. You cannot skip that game. So that's the only thing. As far as 76ers go, I think that Jokic is going to win MVP again. I think... Hopefully it's a, a meeting of them in the finals and Jokic gets the MVP, Joel gets the ring. Okay, fair enough. Happy ending on both sides. Nice, nice. All right, let's go. Uh, Major League Baseball opened yesterday. And again, you know, me being a, a bandwagon Yankee fan and a diehard Met fan and people say you can't be that. Well, how about this? Suck my dick. How about this? Fuck you. I make the rules. You don't make the rules. You're not a living legend. I'm Stu Fani, you fucking not. So, like, as you said that, the people that, like, that's their fucking daily life. They wake up and you can't be a Matt Friday, you can't be a Yankee Friday, you can't be I mean, a Bolt. Get a their life. Their eyes fucking twitching. Get a that fucking little, life. You know, their right eye. Life scumbag piece of shit. How about dying a fight? How about dying in your sleep? Fuck you. The bottom eyelids just fucking. I can be, be a fan of five fucking teams. Don't tell me what to do. There is no rules. You're not a real fan. Are you fucking kidding me? Since 1981, I've watched every basketball game, every football game, every baseball game, every hockey game. I've sweated it the fuck out with my heart, soul, balls, money, bank account, family, wife, children, friends. You don't got to explain yourself to these people. Right, I, you're right. I need no explanation. Just get on your knees and you fucking, you, you, you're not worthy. What okay? are they doing on their knees? Uh, they're getting on their knees and praying that I don't bang their wives. Because if I banged your wife or your girl or your mother, they would all know what they've been missing. Dick drop. Dick drop, dick, dick drop. But, okay, let's get back. So, Major League Baseball, the way I'm summing up the Major League Baseball season right now, I'm not breaking any records here, it's the San Diego Padres World Series to lose. Arguably the greatest lineup in the history of Major League Baseball. You can go back to the New York Yankees, Murderers Row, 1928. I don't give a fuck. Oakland A's, three straight championships. I don't give a fuck. I don't okay? care if you go to past the last 20 All-Star games. Right, right. The first four, you don't hold the candle. To Nobody. The, you, like, you just don't. It's. I mean, Tatis comes back healthy. It's all over. Are you fucking kidding me? Machado. Xander. Are, are you fucking kidding me? Juan Soto. Are you kidding? How are you getting them fucking out? You're not. No, 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 no. You're not. And then five through nine doesn't suck. And they have a bench, and they are deep, and they're going to load up at the fucking 
uh, trading deadline in August and they have great pitching, it's the San Diego Padres World Series to lose. That's the fucking bottom and line. And I just want to say that the even when Steinbrenner was Steinbrenner and the Yankees were spending like they basically had infinite money and people, the way they say that Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen, I mean, he spends, but listen, what the Padres do, they add a player for 300 million and then add a second one, a third, a fourth. They spend money. I don't think anyone's ever spent money like they spend money. Nobody. Not even close. Nobody. People talk about other teams spending money the way that Padres actually spend money. It's crazy. And they don't stop. No, they don't stop. And they were in on they were in on Judge. They were in on Trey Turner. They were in on They're everybody. On every player. Every player. So, I mean, how I look at it is this. From a, from a selfish standpoint, very selfish, um, I'm hoping at the trade deadline... The Angels are dog shit. And Otani is going to opt out. So you have to get something. You're not going to gamble. You ain't gambling in August that he's going to sign long term with you. So you have to trade him. You literally do. And I'm hoping that Steve Cohn steps up to the plate and gives him, I'm figuring, Blank ten, check. 10 years, 700 million. Blank check. 10 years, 700 hundred million there's no way you could ever say that he's not worth it like he's worth so say you give him 10 years 700 million you're giving him 350 for his bat and 350 for his arm and he's worth he's a steal at any price i mean i don't think there's a price that you could throw you could give him a billion dollars and he's worth it. He's worth it. Because nobody has ever done what he's done. I mean, we watched him last night. I mean, even nobody lost. And we had, out. Athlet- we had the Athletics as a, a best bet taken 190. Shout out Stu Fani. Yes, fucking yeah, motherfucker. I'm what was great. it? Six scoreless, 10 Ks. I, and, and he doesn't get the win. He's the first player since 1902 that's put up that stat line on opening day and doesn't get the win. Do you know what that must feel like? Like to wake up and just fuck hard, produce, and just lose? Yeah, Jacob DeGrom knows how it feels like being on the Mets. No, you know what he feels? He feels he can give up fucking two triples, two doubles, a home run, or three doubles, a home run, six extra base hits, have the worst outing of his career, get yanked after three and two-thirds, you're down five-nothing, you're sitting in the dugout like, did I make a mistake? Did I Should I have stayed with the Mets? Did I fuck up? What did I do? Why am I in Texas? And then immediately... This team rallies around you and puts up a nine spot to get that fucking L off your record and gives you a no decision. He's never had that happen in his life. He's never pitched that bad in his life. That was the worst pitching performance of his life by far. Shout out having his back, Texas. What Shout a out fuck. Texas Rangers. I mean, like, there there couldn't have been a, a more shocking... Shocking. Performance of just like we were almost flabbergasted <laughs> we about we what watching. and fucking we didn't know what we were watching because we're watching this fucking game on League Pass or MLB Pass. They all right, listen, let me describe this for you. Jacob Degrom is currently getting ass fucked out back with the chickens, and they're not talking about it. They have Rob Manfred, that fraud of a piece of shit commissioner, in the booth, and they're just blowing him. These two, I don't know who the commentators are, but they're taking turns jerking him off and fucking letting they're slobbing on his tip and then when one guy is done slobbing on the tip they throw the cock to the next guy and he fucking throws it right hand to left hand the grip doesn't stop they're sucking on his tip they literally were blowing this dude for 35 minutes straight they did not talk about the game they did not mention one thing that was going on jacob Degrom gives up a triple okay he gives up a triple and this park's a fucking joke 
Because it was the second triple was a fucking blooper down the first baseline, hits the wall. Somehow the guy's on third. So he gives up back to back triples. Then he gives up a double. Then, like, a pass ball scores another run. They don't, they mentioned the only baseball things that came out of the commentator's mouth besides blowing Rob Manfred for 35 straight minutes was the fact that there was two outs. They mentioned one time there was two outs. Never mentioned Jacob deGrom getting lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. They didn't mention shit. They were literally just talking about Rob Manfred, how good he is for baseball, what great rule changes, what great the pitch clock is. It was like a fucking, it was like a promo that they had to cut and they didn't mention anything that was going on. So they do that for 35 minutes straight. The inning ends. They don't talk about anything that just happened. He gives up fucking five runs, gets yanked. They don't say a word. It was the craziest thing I've ever watched. And then it goes into something crazier, which is the Texas Rangers just go on a fucking nine run half inning and just absolutely. I mean, I've never seen something like that. And Jacob DeGrom is laughing in the uh, dugout. In the dugout. I've he, never seen him laugh, no, by the way. He He's looked, never laughed in his life after giving up five runs. They were, he he they wanted to zoomed kill in, after giving up a single. They zoomed in on him, and he was like sitting there, and it looked like he was contemplating every life choice since he was a boy. And then all of a sudden, it's just like Rangers are on a fucking roll, just batting it. Like he's giggling. I don't know who he's talking to on the in the dugout, but his arms over. But he was cracking up, just like the most joyous person in the world. So, I mean, just what a what a game, what a swing. I mean, I could only imagine what the live odds were with the with the fucking five run lead. You just went to the Wait, World Nola Series. With, with Nola Aaron Nola on the on the, on come the on. pitching a gem. National League champs, come on. I mean, no, no, that's uh, that has to be one of the craziest performances I've ever seen, as far as just uh, shocking to more shocking to most shocking. Wild. Absolutely. And then, you know, with Justin Verlander as a Met fan being, uh, you know, scratch his first start. And now, you know, he says it's not severe, but you know how this goes. And, um, you know, I just don't have a good feeling about the New York Mets right now, unless they get Otani in August and they're going to be in play. But so are the Padres. So are the Yankees. And uh, that bidding war is going to be. Insane. Oh, my. Listen, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Just oh knowing my God. what the conversations are. I mean, it's going to probably start at 10 years, 600 million. And they're talking to each it, other, right? Like Cohen's going to talk to them. It's going to be Cash and Cohen on the phone. Oh, right. I mean, they're yeah, going to no choice about back it. and it's forth. Gonna, it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Um, So, I mean, I think the Padres are coming out of uh, the National League, unless, of course, uh, the Mets get Otani. Or whoever gets Otani. But I mean, if I mean if the Padres have a shot, they might get Otani. They could trade Soto, because Soto's not locked in for a long term contract with them, right? He can walk. So they have to still pay him. They paid Tatis, they paid Machado, they paid Bogarts. And um so I mean they could trade Soto and a ton of shit, I guess, for Otani, but that's like, you know, I mean you really don't, you know, I mean, of course you gain an edge there. But I think it would be they would want to keep Soto. There's nothing you could lose if you gain Otani. Yeah. There's nothing you could ever. He gives you Cy Young pitching. He's top three every year, and his bat is top five. Yeah, so it's amazing. You can't. That that's not even. It's never happened. This is one of those like fucking stupid ass hypothetical situations. Like, oh well, what if you had an ace pitcher and you had the best hitter in baseball and he did it the same you know he did it the same game while he pitched he actually hit like these are Babe like Ruth and Saw Young together these are hypothetical situations that don't exist and now it's true he's the greatest he's the greatest major league baseball player ever ever unless he gets hurt 
But no, even if he gets hurt, right, what he's done ever, the last it's, two years. It's fluke. It's now, crazy. is there something in the water? Where? In in the Mets organization? That they all I, they do is get hurt? Every pitcher. Every year, there's something. Jacob deGrom couldn't pitch. Is is Jacob deGrom just going to... He's going to have 20 starts this year? Is this going to be... Like, Verlander pitched... I'm looking at the stats right now. 34 in 2018. 34 starts. 34 starts 2019. 2020, he was hurt. 2022, he comes back. 28 starts. So, like, he doesn't... Even when he got... It's not like, a, oh, he got injured a couple of years ago. He came back and pitched 28. He he gets to the and Mets. And won the World Series. He gets to the Mets. And won the World Series. And won the World Series. He gets to the Mets. And he doesn't even start. He's already hurt. They're kissed. I mean, no, no, no. It's not kissed. It's Edwin Diaz in the World Baseball Classic celebrating gets hurt. Like, there's, I mean, there's something wrong. Something wrong. It's not like, those are, that's a freak injury. What happened to Edwin Diaz? But is it? Like, is it just the Mets pitching? Well, remember Cashman and, um is linked to Madoff, right? So that's a curse. Steve Cohen was not a nice person a decade ago, right? He was considered one of the low-life scumbags of the earth, right? Ruthless. Oh, as far as like karmic? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's like... It's a It just... might be a karmic thing, but I, you always said you have to check the Mets uh, uh, doctors. Something's no, no, no. There, it's, it has to be the trainers. It has, has to, to be, be something, something related to, something. to the Mets. Every... It's, it's, there's just no way that every single fucking year they're pitching something is wrong it's not something either like the the one year they had jacob Degrom hurt they had uh Syndergaard hurt they had harvey hurt like everyone was hurt there wasn't a fucking pitcher that wasn't hurt something's wrong something's wrong i don't know why it's so fucking hard to figure out like it, it can't just be bad luck and I love the fact that these games are two hours and 30 minutes rather than 303. No, no, the pace of the play. Amazing. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It feels Arr. like watching a hockey game. Like, I know it's that like you, you like to, you, you did say that as an older person, that I didn't mind a you, four hour you game. love a slow I, game. I love Yankees, Red Sox, four hours and 40 minutes. I can do it all day. But like, I love it. Like you said yesterday, you have to be locked in. Oh, now you have to be locked. Listen, uh, coming out of the commercial break every time, they were late. Because the commercials... Oh, we missed a couple hits. Absolutely. Yeah. They were late. There were people on base. The, the count was 2-0. They have to adjust. This game flies now. I just... Literally I'm gonna flies. I'm going to be honest. I, I think I just like watching numbers tick. It's like the, you know, New Year's, you watch the ball. You, you 10, 9, 8. When I see the pitch clock, I just like seeing numbers go down. <laughs> and then every pitch. So I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm fucking... I'm locked in. When numbers are ticking, people are dicking. You know what I'm saying? No two ways about it. And then, so, I mean, National League, obviously, I mean, can the Mets come out of National League? Come on. Possibly. Let's be can honest. the Phillies, we saw it last year. Can the Braves? Yes. Can the Dodgers? Yes. Um, no, no, no. American League. This this, what? this year for the Mets? Yeah. I think last year was a fucking, uh, an actual embarrassment. You finally get Cohen. You get all the pieces you need. You won 100 yeah. games. I don't give Over a fuck. 100 games. Listen, you made, you won 100 games. You didn't make the playoffs. No, no. Well, you choked against the Braves, which was, but it was Starling Marte getting hurt. Marte got hurt. No, no, done. no. It's not the same team. Everyone gets injuries. Bottom well, line I mean, is this. You can't not make the playoffs. No. And losing to the Padres in the wild card or whatever the play, wild card plan, that's not making the playoffs to me. Right. Unless you have a fucking full series, you didn't make the playoffs, in my opinion. Right. So if the Mets have a fucking another year where, I I, I mean, I'm going to say they're not a front runner to win the division. And you well, they're favored all, to win the division. They're favored I, over the Braves and favored over the Phillies. Yeah, but it, in my eyes, you're right. not. Right. You're I understand. Just not. I understand. So if you don't make the playoffs again this year, it's an epic failure. 
I agree. No, no, no. And no Steve Cohen, there's nothing he could do to. You have to win. Well, he paid is. I think his payroll is 380 million. It's yeah, like but surreal. I think it's more. It, it's it's just an embarrassment. Now you're a laughing stock. Like as far as Steve Cohen goes, like yeah, you could say that he doesn't care about the money and he's going to keep spending. But I know deep down. He's a competitive guy. Oh. He doesn't like losing. Oh. He's just one of those guys. He doesn't like losing. Oh, no, doesn't like losing at the auction. Anything. At the auction when we were at, I said, "Well, why, you know, you're a billionaire. Why don't you bid on top?" He gave me a look. That guy doesn't like losing. No, the the death look he gave me, like he didn't like losing. No. He didn't even like. He wanted to bid and probably couldn't. He was mad though. He's a winning guy. He wants to win. Correct. Now, uh, now American League. I mean. I hate being a chalk guy. I really fucking hate it because you know me. I'm, I'm against the grain, against the tub- public. I bet dog shit teams against better teams because that's the only way you get value. But I again, until someone could beat the fucking Astros and I think Dusty Baker retires after this year, I mean, they're going to be a really tough fucking out. I mean, you know, can the Yankees beat him? Of course. Is uh, Could the Blue Jays rise above and could the Blue Jays come out of the American League? Of course. You know, then you have other teams. I mean, uh, you know, there's some buzz like, you know, really dark horses. You got uh, Seattle Mariners. You got Texas Rangers. You got Chicago White Sox. But until someone beats the Astros, you know, because their money and they, they're great. They have great pitching. They have great relievers. They have great starters. You know, once Altuve gets healthy with the shift, how are you getting that motherfucker out? He's going to steal fucking bases left and right. And he's clutch. And, you know, Dusty Baker wins one championship. It's going to be tough for him not to win another. So, uh, can the Yankees win? Yeah, but I just, you know, they, 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 have choked every year in the championship or or wild card. They just don't hit. Forget about Yankees. They winning. don't hit. They they don't they, they don't hit. They didn't even win a game last year. Yeah, Astros. They got fucking yeah, swept. Right. They they got teabagged. So I mean, like Altuve put his put his ball sack. No, Altuve on didn't even face. get a fucking hit. Well, no, we got it. Well, uh, right in that series he didn't, and in the first two games of the World the Series whole, he didn't. The but whole the last playoffs, three he did. Yeah, he was quiet. Well, last three he was good. All I know is that if the Astros win this year, it's I I I think it's way big. Like as far as the competition goes in the league, when the Yankees ran through everyone in the '90s, and you know, basically that that was they won every fucking year. If the Astros win this year, I think it's a greater run than the Yankees run. I think it's a it's a bigger achievement. The competition's definitely better, um, and what they just keep they just keep winning. They get rid of people. They just keep winning. They got rid of Correa, you know, just one Springer. They got if they get rid of Verlander, just win again. Gary Cole. No, no, no. It's, it's crazy. But what the Yankees did, they kept that. No, team. they kept everybody. Everyone. No, they kept everybody. They paid everyone. Kept everyone. The team was fucking unbeatable. You had the best closer in baseball. You had Jeter. It, you were just incredible, but at the end of the day, your roster was so much better than everyone else. Correct, and it was the same roster, same, same. You got to, to, same manager to have fucking uh, Hinch loot right. He gets kicked out. Yes, and you still win. You no, get, it's incredible. You, you remove the manager, you still win. You get rid of pitching, you still win. You, you get lose rid of all your draft all, picks, all stars, still win. You lose draft picks, doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter. Farm system is cheating, just, no cheating. I don't know how their farm system is so fucking good. They it's had the kid who pitched last year. We didn't even know who the, what the fuck his name was. Right, Ace, Ace. I don't no, know. No, they're Listen, deep. No, they're fucking deep. They're two ways. They're better, in, and they got better. They got better this year than last year. But they're better in every category. It's like pitching, unbelievable. Farm system, better than everyone. Hitting, just somehow. Clutch. They come up clutch every year. Every year. 
So I don't know. If they win this year, I think it's the best run ever. Unbelievable. So, I mean, baseball is going to be phenomenal, especially with a half hour to 40 minutes per game being shaved off. It's going to be unbelievable. So, uh, all right, pretty much we covered it. We'll, we'll cover hockey next week. I'm not really going to get into it right now. We'll cover hockey next week. And um, Wait, wait, wait. Hockey. Why? Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. I watched one game live. Mm. They're going to win it all just because I have – that's my hockey opinion. I saw one game. They're going to win. <laughs> they're going to beat the Boston Bruins? Sure. That's Listen, that's Bruins where I'm going. Bruins are the I'm best going. team ever? Have yeah. the best record ever? So, so in the cup, they'll beat them. I think Pasternak has like fucking 900 goals. How about this? How about this? Knights sweep them in the cup. Put that on the fucking, put that on paper. Okay, we're going to put that on paper. But listen, here's the bottom line, as you know, okay? As you know, let, let's talk about you for a second, okay? Let's talk about you being great. Let's talk about you being the best you you can be. And let's be real about this, okay? Because the bottom line is this. Don't ever lack confidence. Don't ever say you are less than. You are never overmatched. And that's the bottom line. If somebody's bigger, faster, stronger than you, then you better be smarter and work your motherfucking ass off. And if you have to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and if you have to improve your life physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, then fuck your friends, fuck your family, be alone with yourself, stare yourself in the mirror. And here's the first key to success. Love yourself. Trust yourself. Take care of yourself. Success is not measured with money, with fame, with glory. Success is measured with you being extremely comfortable in your own skin, okay? You being satisfied with your 100% effort. You feeling good about yourself and you spreading love all over the motherfucking place. Because this world is pretty fucking hard right now. And it's getting harder. It's getting weirder. The rules are changing every single day. There are no guarantees. So you can never guarantee something's going to work because the next thing you know, it changes. But here's what you can guarantee. Love yourself. Be your best friend. Because you're the only friend you got. You're the only you you got. And I'm telling you right now, I love you. I love you unconditionally. I'm rooting for you every single fucking day. And the bottom line is this. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Be selfish to yourself, okay? If you can't go to people's weddings, can't go to people's parties, can't go out for a little while, that's the bottom line. You're working on yourself, but it comes back a hundredfold because once you're 100%, once you love yourself, once you trust yourself, there's nothing you can do. There's no, Excuse me. There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. We're going to end it like that. Remember, spread the word about Only Stew Podcast. Like and subscribe. Remember what I asked you for. Please write down who you think attends. Let's have some comments here. Get over to BeLikeStew.com. Buy all my merchandise. Get over to the Barstool store. Buy all my merchandise. And get a diving shout out right now for someone you love. Or maybe for yourself. We're ready to roll. Ready to roll. Ready to roll.